Hello everyone, I hope you're all doing beautifully well. Today, for a special interview slash information slash discussion type thing, we've got a very cool chap called Siribob on. Say hello, Siribob. Oh yeah. He is the maker of SRS, the radio system that we use uh, in, in DTS in our missions, the one that goes kick, and then we talk into it and, it and it accurately represents radios and a lot of you probably use it already. And you also, I've just found out, had a hand in lot ATC as well, is that correct? Uh, yeah, I worked with Dart on uh, on integration with SRS and not ACC, yeah. And CTLD. Yep, yeah, CTLD, simple slot block, lazing scripts, all kinds of stuff. So we've got, we've got a proper big DCS brain here, which is great. Now, you know me, I'm the layman. This is going to be a video aimed at the layman to understand not the basics of SRS, because I've already done a video of that just showing how to install it, how to set it up and how to make it work in your vehicle. Today we're looking at some more in-depth stuff, functionality about it, and as well as that, you know, how it came about. When was SRS created and why was it created by you? Around 2014, 2015, I think. Mm -hmm. And actually, SRS is called Simple Radio Standalone. Originally, mm -hmm. there was Simple Radio. Uh, which was not standalone. So it was a an integration with uh, TeamSpeak. So it was very similar to, at the time, mm. TARS and Ares Radio. Um, and it was based on another open source radio, which I can't remember the name of now. But uh, unfortunately, it was it was time to TeamSpeak. And the problem with that is, as anyone that uses any of the Armour uh, mm. Maker plugin knows, mm -hmm. is that it takes over your TeamSpeak. Mm -hmm. So as soon as you connect, you lose all the comms. And the idea behind Simple Radio standalone was the standalone bit you can carry on using all your normal comms discord wasn't around at the time so it was TeamSpeak or mumble but mm -hmm. you also get in-game comms as well so it was the best of both right so so it has no reliance on team speaker at all it's its own executable yeah that was it yeah and it was a challenge for myself to learn a new language because the language it's programmed in i didn't know and i wanted to learn how voice over ip software works so i decided to build one from scratch how do you know all this stuff what's your if you can say what, what is your job well I, I used to be a programmer but i don't program for a, for a job anymore now i manage programmers mm -hmm. uh so i'm one of those terrible people hmm. in fact i manage managers that manage programmers <laughs> so it's even worse but I, I program in my spare time so the stuff i used to do for dcs was how i kept kept up with programming and are so you again, learning lure. and presumably you're just a long-time lover of dcs like us yeah when did you start uh, I think it was 2013, 2014. Oh, you've been so, there. Yeah, CTLD was the first, well, the, the first script I ever wrote for uh, DCS was a modification of CTTS. I can't remember what it stood for now. Combat Troop Transport script, I think. Mm -hmm. So that was, uh, I started with the Huey, and the Huey couldn't do anything in DCS, really. You could fly about, and then you got shot down. That yeah. was about it. Yeah. So then I built a modified CTS to fix a load of bugs, and then I decided to build ctld which is the complete transport logistics which is great we use that in i don't know if you probably don't watch our missions but in our missions we use that basically every almost every mission now the guys and i have no idea how it works it's way beyond me but they're lugging crates around and building literally in our missions building sams and stuff out of crates and it that's it it looks i mean if you're the guy behind that then that's awesome <laughs> you've added so much to our missions and stuff and no, uh, i got to hear yeah i mean the whole the whole point of it was to give some utility to aircraft to helicopters because logistics is is what wins wars everyone else is is important but without stuff it doesn't work mm -hmm. awesome okay do you have any military background or is it just, is it just uh, like no no i did uh, <laughs> i can cadets is the closest <laughs> i ever came so i was an <laughs> raf cadet okay. but uh but absolutely no 
Okay, fine. Uh, so that's that. So that's SRS. That's that's just one thing. Uh, you you said that you needed to learn a new language to to make it. What just out of interest? What is that language? Uh, C sharp. So uh, oh, it wasn't okay. a language that I knew at the time. Okay. So I, I originally be I've been an embedded programmer. So I did C. Yeah. Uh, so I used to build car trackers. So there's things uh, you see where people yeah, are being chased yeah. down by the police. Yeah. I used to write some of the software for that. In fact, that's just a question for me. How does, in my word, hooks into a DCS module? How, because I find it fascinating how I'm in my plane, I'm in my MiG-21 or whatever. I turn the knob of the MiG-21 and it, I can see the radio, and then I can see in SRS standalone, SRS, in the little grey thing that I've got on my screen here that the viewers can see, I can see it changing in there. How do you get that interaction? Is DCS programmed to allow that interaction? Yeah, so, so DCS is both a thing for, for us to play around on, but it's also a commercial tool. And one of the commercial bits of it is being able to hook it up to all kinds of different systems. So DCS as a game is incredibly open. Um, Lua is the scripting language they use, and it's a relatively easy language to, to learn and mm -hmm. do things with quite quickly. And DCS has a thing called export.lua, and export.lua gives you access to the switch, well, what are called cockpit arguments, but in effect, mm -hmm. the switch positions of every switch in the game. And mm -hmm. all you have to do is figure out when it gives you a value between one and zero, what that actually corresponds to. So lots of switches, one means up and zero means down. Mm -hmm. uh, and if it's, an, if it's like a knob, like a radio knob, mm -hmm. there'll be, I don't know, 20 positions. Mm -hmm. So it'll be one, 0 0.2, all that kind of stuff to, to add up and that's what i do so for every single aircraft i've had to go in and figure out mm -hmm. what switches do what what the arguments are for them and then uh read them and then mm -hmm. change the state of srs as a result mm -hmm. of that um the only difference to that is the relatively recent feature of being able to do uh reading the ufc so if you take mm -hmm. the hornet or the f-16 it doesn't have buttons mm. for uh the guard state Whereas on, an, on, say, the Huey, you literally set the knob to plus G, and that gives you guard plus your normal radio. Mm -hmm. You can't do that on a display. It's digital. There's nothing to read. But there is a, a hidden method in DCS uh, called list indicators, and that gives you the state of all the digital cockpit displays. And then you have to read all the text and then mm -hmm. figure out wow. what the hell it actually means. So it's a, it's a fair bit of work, and you have to do that for every single module. So it sounds like, yeah, absolutely. So it sounds like, uh, uh, this is all new to me, to be honest. It sounds like DCS was made to be modified, if that's if that's the right word. It, it, they've, they've deliberately made it so we can get to this information. Is that normal for a game? No, but for, for flight simulators, it's relatively normal. So if you take um, uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator, mm -hmm. the, it, Microsoft Flight Simulator comes with an SDK mm -hmm. because there are commercial installations that run off it and they mm -hmm. need to be able to export all the data for people to review later on or have external displays or have home cockpits or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's, I guess, why DCS has got it because it, it started life as a... Uh, oh, go past the window. Um, it started life as a, as a commercial tool. Right, how interesting. Right, very interesting. I can say so a few things around some of the some of the extra features. So Absolutely. one of the things that that no one really uses is is the advanced features of ACRS. So very early on, and actually I should take a step back a bit. The person you should credit most for the creation of SRS is actually XCOM, mm -hmm. um, who some of you may know. He he runs or he started the Blue Flag server, and that's what I, I used mm -hmm. to help out a lot as well. So I did a lot of the scripting for Blue Flag. Awesome. If anyone's played that, that's 
a I mean, fair bit my stuff as well. My understanding of blue flag, I never, I, I rarely get on public servers because I just don't have really have time. But my understanding was that the kind of really ahead of its time in that how dynamic interactive it is. It, it had all the CTLD stuff that you can go in and do. It had access where you could, I remember, watch what was going on from outside of the game. That makes sense. On, yep, on, 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 there was it. Yeah, and and Live yeah. Map. Interesting. All some really cool stuff there. Clever guys. Anyway, yeah. Sorry, I interrupted you. That's right. Yeah, it had. It had. I think it was one of the first servers to do uh, slot blocking. So as you capture an, an airfield, the slots become mm-hmm. unlocked. I think. I think we were the first ones to do that, or mm-hmm. at least one of the early ones. Um, it had transport and logistics, so your aircraft can run out of fuel. So mm-hmm. if you destroy the fuel tanks, you run out of fuel, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but but one of the things you need is communication. Uh, a large multiplayer server only works if you can talk to each other. Mm-hmm. And SRS was uh, a joke that XCOM and Greg at the time said to me was, oh, it'd be great if we could have some kind of VoIP system. And that was that was why it built. So you can credit XCOM for, uh, for SRS. Awesome. Okay. Thank you very much. But yeah, so the the advanced feature stuff are things like um, line of sight and distance limitations. There is a whole bunch of maths behind SRS that tries to work out whether or not you can hear a particular transmission. So most transmissions, uh, ish, we'll, we'll just to simplify, are gonna, we're going to say a line of sight. You have uh, low frequency, a um, couple of megahertz. They'll go further, but just for argument's sake, we'll call them line of sight. But on top of line of sight, you also have distance. Oh, yeah, sorry, I'm just looking as we're going. Right, now this, uh, radios and communications and just the whole EM spectrum really interests me. So I'm just, I've just got up on my screen, server settings. So I'm in my client and I've connected and I've gone server settings. So this is what the server is set up to be. And I see line of sight there and distance limitations on. So this is something that's set up on the SRS server, which someone is running. Yep, that's it. So if you enable distance, it will correctly calculate the power of your transmission, the receiving mm. power for each incoming transmission, and whether or not you can hear it. So if you're at, and as you lower the frequency, you'll get a bit more distance. As you increase the frequency, you'll get less distance. So a distance, I can understand how you do that. So do you know the wattage output of the of the transmitter? Yeah. So, so the you, whole the whole maths behind SRS is all based on the what is it the ANARC one three one I think or the one three four it's the one that's in the uh, um, it's the one that is in the A ten C which I've got nearest ahead but there's a spec sheet there's a public spec sheet that tells okay. you the wattage which is ten watts okay so that's ten watts so from that and you can know where each plane is because DCS somehow where outputs that it's X and it's Y and it's Z and presumably and you can grab that so you can get its distance and you can work out. So what happens? So just talking about distance, then, do you does it just get out of distance and then it just stops, or is there does it kind of do what a real radio does? And as you get further away, it gets cracklier and the signal gets worse. So it doesn't do crackly, but it does get quieter. So crackly right. is one of the things I'm going to be hopefully doing quite soon. Mm-hmm. But as as you go out of range, you will hear the sound slowly drop away. I didn't, and it, it, I, I didn't even know this was a thing. It appears that we've got it turned on. I'm on our main server now that does the computation, and we've got it on. So in our missions, guys, is that a thing? Yes. How about that? It is a, as of when I started running it, yeah. Because it um, never was on. Yeah, absolutely, and I've, I've noticed uh, some people are really quiet on our big maps, and I thought, you know, it was just... Well, you know what I think. I, I just think it's been buggy or they've set their mic up wrong or something. I never even once thought that the uh, distance has been modelled in terms of... So that's 
hear me learning. Awesome. So that I understand how you can do that. What I don't understand you how you can do is line of sight. How can you possibly do line of sight? You don't know where the terrain is, do you? Uh, so I, well, I, I do. So there's there's a, a number of different ways you can do it. So if you take Lot ACC or TacView, they have um, in effect level files. Uh, there's a special file format they they both use, but and the way they get those is they sample every meter in DCS the height and they save that to a file and that's how they generate the height maps that tell you the mm -hmm. shape of the map. Um, I didn't want to do that because number one, I couldn't be asked mm -hmm. to write the script to basically figure that out and number two uh as a new map is released you have to regenerate the files so if you download lot atc or TechView, um you have to download the the map file and i thought there must be a better way because i don't want to do that and mm -hmm. i don't want to distribute huge files mm -hmm. because i use github for all my hosting and it's it's not that good for that so what i do is actually it's all done client side so if you poke around in DCS enough, you can import the terrain module. And if you import the terrain module, you get a function called um, line of sight, well, basically. And it says true or false if two points are within line of sight. So basically what it does on your client side is it con computes whether you have line of sight mm -hmm. to a bunch of different people and also how much is your line of sight. So the thing you have with radios is they kind of travel in straight lines but they also bend slightly mm -hmm. so you get a the fresnel effect where they bend ever so slightly around a corner not massively mm -hmm. but some and srs actually models that as Wowza. well so. oh this is so interesting hang on yeah right and now i'll tell you what bob uh you again you probably you know my i probably don't interest you very much because i'm at a lower level but i did a video half hour video um a year back uh all about the EM spectrum and how it's modeled in DCS from, again, a layman's point of view. You know, I'm not pretending to be super clever. And we used SRS because it's, you know, just the thing to use. And we were, uh, we had two hornets either side of a mountain. Um, and we did all sorts of experiments. Distance, curvature, of, over curvature of the earth, over a mountain, around a mountain, a distant, different ranges. And what we found was that it's not just it's not just you know whether you can see the guy or not line of sight that whether you can talk to them or not it's this stuff that you're talking about the the the, the radio waves can go around that mountain or kind of go around the curvature of the earth to a certain extent um and i just found it absolutely fascinating to the stuff like that's modeled um anyway sorry uh yeah so, so. yeah exactly i mean it's it's uh it's all the stuff you do in physics. What mm. when you do your A level physics all those many years ago, if you did. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it's nice to see to see that. Well, you know, as I say, I mean, modeling radio waves is very difficult, and I will not claim mm. to be an expert in any mm. way, shape, or form. And proper radio modeling software is very, very, very expensive and very computationally expensive as yeah. well. So I'm not doing reflections. I'm not doing ionosphere. Um, basically because that's that's a phd in its mm -hmm, own right mm -hmm, there are mm -hmm, people that mm -hmm. make their living doing that mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm just one guy building an open source project but i feel i've done a good enough job as i say Absolutely. it'll do fresno line of sight and if you jump if two of you drop down into two opposing valleys in a huey mm -hmm. you'll lose comms mm -hmm. as long as uh the line of sight is also turned on yeah no that's uh, i found that fascinating and um after this video i need to you know you know i'm me at the end of the day and um believe it or not i came from uh, a very intelligent man my dad uh, who was uh, a doctorate in, in in physics and his job for 40 years was creating uh satellite uh, uh, uh 
trans transmitters and receivers for satellites, tracking systems for satellites. And so this is bread and butter, radio uh, modeling, uh, knowing about radio waves and, and exactly what we're talking about. And he found it really fascinating um, uh, talking about how they modeled it. And I don't know, maybe I'll even get you together one day. I think that'd be really interesting. He's retired now. Um, but <laughs> he went a bit above my head, I'm afraid, Bob. But uh, really cool. Okay, so you've got line of sight. Um, one thing I picked up on what you were saying, you said that, that will interest a lot of people, I think. You grabbed the terrain module out of DCS. Can you... Can, what, did, what does that mean? We grabbed what does that it. mean? So, so as I say, the whole of the whole of DCS is written in Lua, mm -hmm. and there is a, a special module called the export module. And if you import the right things at the right time, it gives you access to bits of the game client side that you wouldn't normally have access to, or they haven't mm -hmm. necessarily given you mm -hmm. in that export environment. So there's a thing called modules in Lua, and a module is basically like a, a library of a collection of similar functions. Um, and with a lot of poking about and a lot of trial and error, I managed to get access to the terrain that I needed to do these calculations. So you'll, you'll even see it in the SRS logs, it will say something like terrain loaded mm -hmm. very near the top. But again, what that means is you as the end user don't have to download relief maps, you don't have yeah. to do calculations. And, and again, what's nice is it's, it's completely accurate. Even if you sample every meter, you've got a, a one meter resolution of the height map. Um, so there will be some loss, whereas what I'm using is the game engine itself. It is literally right. running on the map that you're flying around on. So it should be blocked by the things that you can see mm -hmm. in front of you. So the calculation for line of sight is done by the DCS engine. You're just asking it the question, it says yes or no. Is that right? That's it. Exactly that. Mm -hmm. And then I sample different heights offset from it to get it to work out the curvature. Mm -hmm. how... So if it says no, try 10 meters above, try 10 meters down, and then you're basically yeah. trying to find out how far off line of sight you are. Yeah. DCS also does that with AI transmissions too, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, it does. It does do certain amounts of line of sight, and and DCS does do power calculations as well. Yes, it does. Um, yes, because we did it with and without SRS, and we got slightly different results. But sorry, yeah, we did. We did. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm self-taught. This is all. No, they're the best people. level textbook, and uh, I don't know, reading about um, the freeze equation or however you say his name. Yeah, which it, is the yeah. the guy that did the power calculations. That's what I base it all off. No, no, I think it's top top notch. Especially I'm learning about this now. It's really interesting. I'm just you just got my brain flowing and now <laughs> if we've got access to their their inner um their inner sanctums of line of sight calculation, I wonder what else you can get access to. You could do some really cool stuff I bet. Probably not for this not for this interview, but I find that cool. Okay. So line of sight, didn't know it was a thing in SRS, it is, and the various calculations that we're gonna to apply to that for realism within you know, within realist, you know, within extent, distance limitations as well. Awesome. Regards the addition, uh, additional features, advanced features. Anything else you'd like to mention? Yeah. So as I, as I mentioned at the start, I did uh, a bit of a collaboration with Dart. Mm -hmm. So one of the other radio systems that there is is um, oh shit, what is the name of it? Uh, there's Aries, and there is uh, uh, what is it called? Universe Radio. So Universe Radio is another radio for DCS. I think it's paid. Uh, it's um, it's not it's not much, but it is paid, uh, and that is based off Teamspeak. So again, takes over your Teamspeak, does all that. And uh, Universe Radio already had an integration with Lot ATC. So I spoke to Dart, and he's a lovely chap, and he agreed to integrate SRS into Lot ATC. So there's there's two integrations with it. Number one is the line of sight. So as as, as I mentioned. 
Um, my line of sight system is based entirely on DCS. If DCS isn't running, I can't do my line of sight calculations because mm -hmm. I've got nothing to run it off. Mm -hmm. However, uh, Lot ATC does have a terrain engine. Mm -hmm. So if you hook up Lot ATC to SRS and DCS is not running, you can still do your line of sight and distance mm -hmm. calculations uh, because I instead use Lot ATC to do it. Mm -hmm. And with Lot ATC, you can set your position to various units. So you could say, I'm a controller of Kassab Tower or I'm. Mm -hmm. Easy one one AWAX or whatever, flying around, mm -hmm. and Lot ATC will give me the coordinates to SRS, and I will be able to mm -hmm. give it questions about can I see this person, and it mm -hmm. says yes or no. Can we? Um, so you, is this yeah. the time to jump onto your screen then, where you can show this? Uh, yeah, I can. I can show. Well, well I'll, I can show the IFF stuff. So another yeah. part of this is, is IFF modeling. So the uh, let me share my screen. The IFF modeling in DCS is pretty basic. Um, yeah, we've been experimenting with it lately and I completely agreed. So, oh, I look forward to hearing this. Sorry, I keep interrupting you, but it's just because I get excited about things. That's uh, okay. So, um, uh, yeah, so uh, the IFF integration in, in DCS is fairly, fairly basic. And most NATO aircraft, it's different for the Russian ones, but most NATO aircraft have mm. one of these chappies that you'll mm -hmm. see, and that's your IFF panel or your transponder panel. Mm -hmm. So... Civilian aircraft had these, military aircraft had these, and there's different modes um, for military and civilian. Mm -hmm. But there are two common or three modes that we care about. Mode one is the older mode and is a two-digit mode. Mode three is four digits. And then there's mode four, which is the encrypted special military one. Mm -hmm. So what you would do as a normal controller is be telling people to squawk various numbers. Um, and by squawk, it just means transmit the number that you want again. Mm -hmm not an expert on uh, on any of this this is only what i what i pick up by mm -hmm. reading mm -hmm. so if you take this huey controller here you can see that my mode one is set to two five and my mode three which if i can remember the right number was it seven thousand in a moment you should see update on here so here's lot atc and here is my huey and you can see that i'm squawking two five hmm. on uh, mode one and 700 on uh, mode three and what I can also do is turn on my FF, which will give me proper friend foe. Mm -hmm. And again, if you have lot ATC in advanced realistic mode, I will now be shown as a friendly. But until that moment, I won't because my mode four is off. So we actually have no idea. We just know that there is a radar contact. Um, what you can also do is squawk some of the special modes, which I've now forgotten the node for, but never mind. And the other thing you have, uh, yeah, FR. So you can see FR here because I'm friendly. The last feature that you as a civilian pilot and a military pilot have is this ident switch. So ident means identify. And all this is is a really nice feature where you will pop up on the controller screen as a little flashy flashy red bulb. So you can see there that I'm flashing ident. Well, why would you and use again, that? Why would you use that? Just, just... So you're coming, you come into a controller, you say, hey, um, easy one one. Request picture, and he goes, yeah, I have no idea where you are. I can't see on my screen. There's too much clutter. Can you please squawk ident? So all you do is you press ident, and you will end up flashing on his display mm -hmm. so he can mm -hmm. figure out where, mm -hmm. or he or she can figure out where you are. And that's it. That's all it is. Is that a and real thing? Are... Is that what it's really used for? Yeah. How about yeah. that? Wowzer. I can't... I can only remember what the hijack code is. I can't remember what it is now. Oh, I can't remember. Who knows hijack? Four, four digit, isn't it? Oh. 70... 600 or 7500 up yeah 7600 i think so if you squawk that if i remember 
There you go. <laughs> it's hijacked. <laughs> That's so cool. Hang on. So I need to get... I just, uh, I'm slowly catching up with you. So first thing is that that stuff... So you're grabbing those numbers out of those... Uh, what we were talking about earlier, how you grab them out of DCS, and you're yep. manipulating them on there. So you are doing, really, kind of some proper IFF there. Do you have anything to do with the mode for encryption, or is that... Do we just that's not understand it. That's, that's it. So if mode 4 is off, mm -hmm. so this is mode 4 here, I've turned it off, and you can see that I've now lost... i just stop squawking my uh, hijack number. Okay. You can see here, it doesn't say FR anymore mm -hmm. after my name, mm -hmm. because I'm now an unknown ah. contact. But if I turn that on, it will say FR for friendly. That's Right. Okay, so from, from my little brain, my understanding of this is that you've taken these 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 in, these inputs from DTS and you've simulated, you know, as far as I understand, a realistic IFF from it. So why doesn't DTS do that? Because DTS doesn't do that. We've investigated this and it doesn't do this stuff. Um, it's just on or it's off. It's on or it's off. And yeah, I mean, I, I guess because the difference between the Russian and the NATO system. Mm -hmm. so the NATO system is nice and easy to understand. You've got this little panel here, mm -hmm. you put the right codes, you tick the magic mm -hmm. IFF button, and everything gets solved. With the Russian aircraft, they have a, another way of doing it. It's it's a ultimate behind the scenes, a similar mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. You are doing a challenge response. Mm -hmm. You do your challenge, the response come back encrypted, and you can decrypt it because you both have the codes, and therefore you know that if they have the codes and you have the codes, you're friends. Okay, um, so it's the under so in the game, it's the understanding that you have planes flying with each other that are not designed to work to with each other in terms of IRF. A flanker is not designed to work with a Harrier in terms of IRF, so you just have to bodge it, right? Yeah, I guess so. I, I guess so. And again, it's it's quite a niche thing. So I would have thought as mm -hmm. well. Mode four, for example, is all super secret. You won't find very much information mm -hmm. around how mode four and I think there's there's various modes of mode four as well work because this is well it's knowledge that it, that isn't yeah, common sure. and if you know how it works then you can build one and that's that's not very good yeah um, obviously you need the codes as well but um i assume that's why i mean if you if you take the jf-17 for example well, so this is what i'm going to bring up this, these are the first guys to actually bring their own realistic iff in that only works with another jeff obviously but yeah yeah, so again, they, uh, so U-Boats uh, is a lovely chap, and I asked him whether he would be able to do some specific R um, stuff for SRS. So again, we've showed you the transponder. Uh, if we go to this button and we turn that on, you will now see that momentarily my little Jeff comes on. So we can go configure mm -hmm. mode 3. If I go do this, we'll do R77. Remember the right buttons. Code note three seven seven zero zero. Let me turn that on. Oh, no, let me turn that on. So momentarily, if I get the right thing on, that should come on. No, that no, doesn't. I've done it wrong. That's why. I was getting so, yeah yeah. That should be right. Oh, I can't remember how the Jeff works, which is also entirely possible. Internal or external? Oh well, never mind. Roger. If I remember how this works, which I don't. Oh, there you go. Mode four's on now. Yeah, mode six has changed to four. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So you should see. Oh, that's because that's not me. <laughs> Where's my Jeff? Uh... Oh, my AWACS has gone off and landed. That's helpful. Mm -hmm. So now you can't see me. Oh well. Let me just restart this mission. 
and then uh, you'll be able to see. But basically, the Jeff they built a special integration so that they would give me the data coming from the um, coming from the IFF, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. uh, let's just change that. Oh, I can't bother to change the server mission. Anyway, the Jeff guys are great because uh, they've built this whole integration. So the IFF codes will work properly in the Jeff, and they will also work with SRS as well. Oh, I've always loved the J. I was completely read them. I always, we've always loved the JF because it is so cute and quirky, and they seem like good guys. We've never managed to get in with them. Where do you? Oh, you know, that's probably off-camera off scene topic. I'll tackle that later. Uh, <laughs> well, I just, I, I just message people, and yeah. um, just, just luckily, one people... of the guys that we've never managed to get hold of. It's like, okay, fair enough. All uh... right. Yeah. So uh, the other thing that's worth mentioning is is SRS models, all kinds of interesting things like encryption. Uh, and Havquick. So Havquick is uh, a special mode of this radio. So you can see now this has changed to an A. And what Havquick is, is basically a way of avoiding jamming. So rather than transmitting on a particular frequency, so you pick, I don't know, 125, and that's what you transmit on. Havquick, you have a predefined set of frequencies, and it uses GPS to get the timings right. So every single radio switches frequencies at the exact same moment. This is so a real thing, sorry. Is this... this is a real thing. Right. Yeah. So it's not hopping. encrypted comms, but uh, yeah, exactly. That's it's, it's hopping. So if, if you're flying into the battle space and someone's jamming 128, mm -hmm. um, doesn't matter because you're only on it for a momentary second, then you yeah. drop off somewhere else, then you jump off somewhere else, then you jump off somewhere else. And it uses GPS to sync them all. And you have a word of the day. That you put in and the word of the day gives you the starting position for the hops and obviously with the time that comes mm -hmm. from gps mm -hmm. you can do that as well so have quick is implemented by srs uh, only in a basic way but you will see i'll just make it on my overlay and this is all uh, for anti-jamming reasons yeah this is so that yeah, you that's can it. get through wowza so you can see it says here hq because we're in have quick so huh. uh the a10c and the f5 both have this as a thing so your A10C and your F5s can have a secret channel that no one else can listen into uh, by picking the right frequency, which is my way of doing word of the day, and uh, then doing that. So that should say, have quick. There you go. That's fascinating. I didn't even know it existed. Uh, the natural follow-up question is, guys, can we jam a frequency in DCS? Is that a thing? Not currently, no. But you can... With How? some of the new tools that I've released, simulate that with SRS. So there's a new external radio tool for SRS. So with that, you can easily play MP3s or use scripting to invoke mm. sounds played out over SRS. So what you would do is uh, just play static, and that's in effect mm -hmm. simulating jamming. What would just be play static? What would be? And it's probably never going to be a GR thing. But what would be? What what would be doing that jamming? Would that be an aeroplane? Would that be a ground dish or just in real life? I mean. Just a big um, heavy transmitter. Yeah. They have helicopters doing it, um, aircraft, ground units. Hmm. Interesting. They even jam GPS now. Hmm. Wow. They had, um, in Desert Storm, I believe, the UK had um, gazelles doing jamming oh. and stuff. Yeah, well, oh. GPS jamming is a really interesting thing because it's. Um, as I said, I mentioned a long time ago, I started my career building car trackers. Mm. So GPS jamming is a thing. Mm -hmm. And you can buy GPS jammings relatively cheaply from the interwebs. Mm. And uh, the reason why people buy them, they plug into a cigarette lighter, is you steal wow. the car, 
you plug it into cigarette lighter, you jam all GSM and mm -hmm. GPS so that you can't track the car, so that it's used by criminals in day to day. Surely that you only track, track the jammer. <laughs> surely that yeah, only, yeah, that's it. Surely that only has criminal function. Surely that. Right. Uh, yeah, there's not really a good. Well, so that's not quite mm. true. The people people have sold jammers for concert halls, for example. In the mm, UK, okay. we have very strict uh, emission laws, so you're not allowed to do that here. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I think it was in Israel they were doing it. There was a, a very posh restaurant that had mm -hmm. a GSM jammer, so you couldn't get anyone getting texts or annoying everybody because huh. there was no signal. Wow, I didn't even know something like that existed. This is such god. I'm pretty happy. I mean, you know, what? I'm happier not knowing, guys. <laughs> On your screen, you've got mids off. Oh, we were just yeah, talking about mid. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, this is where we're going into. Right. I shall let you do your thing. Yep. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if I can remember. I've got anything bound at the minute. So mids is a um, not frequency hopping, uh, and it's based on Link 16. Um, mm -hmm. Although there is a version under the other Link, which I've got the name of. Is it Link mm -hmm. Four? Can't remember. It's the old one. Um, the old one. Uh, so MIDS is basically not encrypted as such, but it's it's a digital radio that comes with uh, the Hornet. And if I can remember how to do it, which I've now forgotten, so it's under IFF. No, it's not. It's on a data link. Voice A, and it should be giving me the panel, but decided that it doesn't want to today. That's because it's off, probably. On. There we go. So it has 126 channels. Mm -hmm. So you have two MIDS radios. Well, you, Again, it's digital, so it's not really two as such, but there are two things that you can tune mm -hmm. in the Hornet uh, for mids A and mids B. So 127 here means off. Anything other than 127 means on. Oh, so again, yeah, SRS yeah. is picking that up. Now we're on 126. And again, just like with the A10Cs and F5s, they can have their secret channels. Uh, you can with the Hornets. So all the Hornet guys can, guys and gals can have a chat. Is this on working? Is this working? Yeah. Since when was this? I know Wagner said ages ago it's coming, but he never. Oh no, this isn't a DCS thing. This is an SRS thing. It's it, it's simulated. Right. Yeah. I'm getting there. Yep. Okay. Gotcha. So, so DCS has given what DCS is doing is storing the right values on the display for me to be able to pull them. So mm -hmm. I have to read this whole display here. Yep. I have to figure out that there is a two character mm -hmm. well that was that like a semicolon mm -hmm. there and mm -hmm. voc a is it's next to so that mm -hmm. means that okay well they're on the IL, uh, the iff page they've selected voc a mm -hmm. it says on and it says 127 mm -hmm. so i have to decode all of this information to be mm -hmm. able to figure out what's going on in SRS. and, the, and then and, and if you have anything like our headaches and he goes and changes it a week later <laughs> you have to go and recode it all <laughs> exactly shouldn't, shouldn't that's it that. shouldn't say that boys yep but there you go. So I mean, again, this is all it's all done in SRS, and these are all features that uh, not everyone knows about or uses. But yeah, I put a fair bit of effort into SRS. Of course you have, yeah. And um, well, I know it's been appreciated. Uh, I very much doubt it's been rewarded, but that's DCS, I'm afraid. Um, uh, what was I going to say, guys? Sorry, while we've got you on, because you're, you know, we love having super brains on. Uh, the mid thing, guys in the Hornet, is it just going to be this or are we going to be able to do more with it? Does anyone? I still don't understand what this mids thing is. But when I watch things like the new sales movie for the Gripen or something, he sends something via mids and, it, and a lovely big picture comes up of the badly kind of in, on, his, on his MFD. Is anything... Is it's mids just going to be for this secure channel or is it going to be something bigger in DCS? 
Does anyone know? Well, mids is all sorts. It's what is it? Uh, Multi-informational. Yeah, I was just looking. Something system. Mm -hmm. I can't what it is, but it's it's a digital system. This this is not uh, exactly the same as the internet. This is using not TCP. It's such, like a. But it's it's yeah, like it's, a wireless it's, broadband for yeah. military aircraft. It's Wi-Fi. Just fancy. The, vo the voice stuff's basically Skype for jets, if you like. My exactly. <laughs> okay. And so my, so my question was, are we going to get to, you know, send rude pictures to each other, media, or is it just going to be voice? In, do we know, or do we just not know that? I believe it the is. Aircraft. I think it was used for Rover for the uh, F-14, which um, transmitted... Um, um, TGP images down to the ground, so the guy can see on the ground ah, and go, yeah, now left a bit, right a bit. That's up a it. Bit, that's you know? it, isn't it? That's that's what we can use this kind of thing for. So I'm wondering if, um, you know, just thinking, if you have a guy in a, uh, a Hummer that can take a photo or something, can you send it up in plane and say, hey, look, it's here, it's here, it's there? Wouldn't that be interesting if they could do something like that? Send media, other than voice. Yeah. Well, uh, Again, something I should probably should mention is so one of the things that got me interested in SRS is I, I did start a PhD in uh, networking. Mm -hmm. So uh, I built networking technologies like uh, things called delay tolerant networks. And what that really means is if you're going into a war zone or you're going into a disaster area, generally communications are pretty spotty because mm -hmm. there's been some kind of disaster. Mm -hmm. So there are technologies called delay tolerant networks, and these are all used in military applications. And in effect, you can form mesh networks, just like you have a whole bunch of routers next to each other. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of work done by military and others um, to build systems like that. And that. That's, again, where I've kicked up some of this stuff from because I, I did do a fair bit of research on it years ago. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. Oh yeah, I mean, you're really good, really lucky we've uh, had you in the right place at the right time, haven't we? It's amazing how that's worked out. Otherwise, literally, we'd be just well. Anyway, that's the way it goes. Right. Um, where? I mean, I'm just leading. I'm going blind here. Where do you want to go next, or is is that what you wanted to show, Mr. Bob? Uh, I think that's about it, really. I think the only other thing I can show maybe is um, so. Obviously, each aircraft has different integration levels with SRS. So some of them are very, very tightly integrated. The F-14, for example, you could bind absolutely nothing in SRS and it would just work. Uh, all you'd have to do is connect. You would mm -hmm. have to bind nothing, not change nothing in the settings and it would work. Mm -hmm. um, and different aircraft have all kinds of different integrations. So if you take the F-14, for example, I can't get to the IFF stuff. So IFF is here, mm -hmm. but it doesn't do anything. So mm -hmm. I can't mm -hmm. model it in SRS because mm -hmm. it it doesn't absolutely nothing yeah, yeah so yeah. we have overlays in srs there you can um basically interact or change ah, things that's so what if that's i turn for. the transponder on i can type it in but srs also has all kinds of nifty features so you can do srs uh, trans power off now you can see that that transponder's gone off. You can do SRS trans power on. Now it's on. So you can do all kinds of things like that. There's a whole set of chat commands that work for both the radios themselves and for the transponder as well. Where, so where did we get do, a list of commands? Uh, it's all in the SRS Discord. All in the SRS Discord, Roger. So I could do M133 or 22. Oh, well, I got it wrong. Can't remember the command is. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, but anyway, there's a whole bunch of them. You can do ident as well through there. There's there's all sorts. So SRS has mm -hmm. SRS radio and SRS um, transponder commands. 
those only work if it's not modeled in the aircraft, as I say. Yes. And the only uh, other thing worth mentioning. Oh, sorry. Go for it. I, I was just going to say that literally because um, since my new video went up, a lot of guys have said, oh, how, how, well, how do I do this in a plane? How do I use n just normal radios in a plane like an F-15 where I can't click on the knobs? Where what happens is it detects that that plane doesn't have a clickable radio. It understands that and it gives you what you've got literally just shown there. It gives you those uh, the, the active radios uh, so that you can tune them in on the grey overlay. That's right, isn't it? That's it. And the, the, the button that you should all be clicking is this little question mark here. Mm -hmm. So this explains what this ah. aircraft does with SRS. So it says that uh, radio switch controls are available in cockpit and they are currently disabled in SRS. So what that means is with the Huey, uh, there is a cockpit selector knob and that is how we switch radios. That's what that does. And you can also turn it off and do all kinds of stuff like that. Um, and by changing various settings in SRS, you can override these settings. Oh, you can't, because I can't click that button. There we go. Now you can. So SRS has all kinds of settings you can configure. So I could say always allow hotkeys, actually, which is on. So that means that, that won't do anything. If I turn that off, that then will work. So now the green dot moves. You can also do stuff like uh, when multi-crew finally comes out for the Huey. Mm -hmm. Again, you might not know this, but uh, this joystick right here is clickable. Mm. It says radio ICS switch. If you right-click, it does the intercom. If you left-click, it transmits on the radio. So I've done all these integrations as much as I can for each aircraft in interesting ways. Uh, well, I have one question. It'll just be a brief. Uh, you mentioned, Bob, that uh, MIDS is by Link 16 and that its functionality is with Hornet. Is it just limited to the Hornet, or will this work with other Link 16-equipped aircraft? It entirely depends what DCS models in the cockpit. So as I as I, as I was kind of talking through, is I can only go by mm. what is modeled there. Um, mm. I, I, obviously, I could just add Link. I could just make it up and add Link 16 mm. to as to any aircraft that has it. Like um, the F-16 should have Link 16, uh, as does the A-10C. But um, I really have to see with the A-10C2 what the new radio system is like because they've specifically said in one of the notes that there's going to be a new radio and that radio might might support mids in which case if it's modeled I can I can give access to it okay, that makes sense so it's uh, dependent on availability you have per DCS module I see that's it right Thank you. That's it. okay Siri that was really good so you are you are one sorry go ahead I'm I was going to say, do you want to talk a little bit about how EAM mode works? Because that's been a ah. thing that's come up you know, uh, yes. just for everyone else's benefit, I guess. So SRS, so number one is uh, always install your scripts. Uh, I've learned that. Install them for SRS. Siri Bob keeps telling um, me off because I didn't install my, now I have to install my script. Yeah, so SRS has, has two modes, one of which is uh, the DCS mode, and that's just how it works normally. So anytime you're in DCS, even if you're in spectators, or in a slot, you will have radios. It doesn't matter. SRS will always give you radios as long as you're in multiplayer. Mm -hmm. However, if you're not in multiplayer for whatever reason, it has what is called external AWACS mode or EAM. EAM is very, very similar to um, the way that LotATC works, which is that there is a password for the two channels. So on your SRS server, you can say that the external AWACS mode is on and the password is test, for example, in this case. So what I do is type in test, and now I am connected. And if you check here, you can see I'm blue because I typed in the blue password. 
an EAM mode is a way for you to use all of SRS without having... Uh, oh, actually, there's two features I've missed, but I'll come back to them in a sec. Mm -hmm. So EAM is a way to use um, radios without having DCS running at all. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so as you can mm -hmm. see here, I could be an entire GCI. And actually, just while I'm here, I'll just show one thing. Just to say, this is what we do on our big missions when you hear the GCI blabbing away. He's not in DCS. He's in lot AC only. He's connected to our server by magic that the, these boys do. And he's got these radios, and he chats to all of us with these radios, which I found fascinating. So just remember that our guy is not even in DCS. Yeah, and one of the, as I mentioned, you can you can connect uh, SRS to Lot ATC. So you can see at the minute it's not connected, uh, except I've now lost the radio button, which I can't remember where it is. Oh, there it is. So. Let's just make that slightly less tragic looking. Uh, so, to connect SRS to IL, uh, to IL2, to Lot ATC, you click DCS SRS, you click Enable, and you set your position. So, you can now see that my position is set to Shiraz. Mm -hmm. uh, that is the position being broadcast mm, by wow. um, it. So, that's where I am. Mm -hmm. And uh, can, Sorry, can you broadcast from a plane out of interest? Can you broadcast from anywhere? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wowza. There you go. Look at that. Yeah. You can actually broadcast and it's modelled from an AWACS. Who knew yep. that? Yeah. Oh. I did. <laughs> That's a lot of trying to get you guys to do this for ages. Well, yeah. mm. So there you go. So, so that's how you connect it up. So you only need to do this connection, though, if mm. you worry about line of sight or mm -hmm. distance. If mm -hmm. you're not worrying about line of sight or distance, mm -hmm. you don't need to enable the radio in mm -hmm. uh, Lot ATC, but you do need to enable EAM mode. Mm -hmm. So with EAM, there are a couple of things I should have mentioned. Um, one of which is you get simultaneous transmissions. Uh, so that means that I'm now going to transmit on these two radios at the same time when I click that button. Mm -hmm. uh, you can also do an intercom. So that is a, a private GCI channel where you can chat to other GCIs, which again, not people know, but you can do that. And I think there's 20 wow. channels that, that you have. Oh, more. Can't remember how many Anyway, so you can, in effect, it simulates a hard line between you and other controllers. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. you can talk to them directly. Um, and the last thing I should have mentioned is uh, the relay feature. So SRS, and actually this from our last chat, this is probably worth mentioning for you guys. You were saying you struggle to make sure that you can all hear each other yes. um, because you're in different frequencies or whatever. So SRS supports relays, which mm -hmm. I need to find the button for, which is here. So... As you see, I just dragged that little slider and a new button popped in. What this means is a transmission can head through five different nodes before it stops. And what I mean by nodes is radios. And the reason why there's a limit is uh, if I didn't put a limit, it would never end. Mm -hmm. If you said relay 121 to 125 and then one to, and then the guy that receives mm -hmm. it says relay 125 to 121, that's a loop. Mm -hmm. um, and your transmission will just loop forever in a horrible, noisy mess. So what I would recommend you do is probably set it, if you are using this feature, to say one or two, and you click this. So now any transmission, oh, that's pretty stupid, let's do that. Any transmission that comes in on 30FM will be automatically broadcast out on 124.8, and vice versa. Any mm -hmm. transmission coming in to 124.8 will go out on 30FM. And again, this is a real thing that radios do. And in fact, the Gazelle has this modeled in its cockpit um, by Polychop, and I've added support for SRS to some extent. Um, so it is a scout aircraft. It's going to be flying low. So you need to be able to relay your transmission to either troops on the ground or other aircraft around you. Oh. And it has that built in. 
and SRS also has it built in. So you just tick the little re RT button mm -hmm. and away you go. But uh, be aware about enabling this because it does mean people can get themselves in a real mess with the transmissions mm. and uh, have things going all over the place, especially with simultaneous transmission as well. Right. But yeah, this is all support by SRS. And again, this, this takes to cut line of sight. So if you want to relay comms and you're an AWACS, you can be an AWACS, jump on RTTC, set your position to the AWACS position, and then relay comms between two different valleys if you want to, because they themselves can't hear each other directly, but they can hear each other when you relay that transmission. Wowza. I didn't even know that existed. Um, Sorry, go ahead. Question. Um, you've got the IRL radio transmit and receive. I would have thought that actually included the line of sight and distance. So what's the what's different about those? Uh, I can never put way around the R. One of them doesn't actually do anything, so you can just turn it on for fun. Uh, but the other one is basically setting the, the radios to be proper half duplex, which is what I mean by that is when you hit transmit in a radio, the receiving circuit is cut because if you didn't do that, all you would hear would be yourself blasting out your ears at stupidly high volume. Mm. Um, so by turning those features on, it means that when you are transmitting, you can't hear any incoming transmission on that frequency. Oh, okay, yeah, it makes sense. Because currently there are no full duplex radios at all in DCS. I thought MIDS was, but it turns out it's not, um, which is surprising. But but there you go. Mm. That's the way it is. Um, but yeah, there's no there's no full duplex radios. The only thing that is full full duplex, and by full duplex I mean you can transmit and receive at the same time, is intercom. Okay, interesting. Uh, I have one more quick question, if that's all right. Mm, send. Yeah, go for it. Uh, Bob, it was my understanding, and please correct me if I'm wrong on this, but with EAM, it should only be used if you are not in DCS. Is this correct? Exactly that. Exactly that. You should mm -hmm. never try and run EAM with DCS running because you will end up in a horrible mess where the uh, the radio starts flicking left, right, mm -hmm. or back and forth repeatedly. Mm -hmm. Right. So EAM, Thank you. EAM used to uh, stop you even connecting if it detected DCS, and actually at some point I'll add that back in. So you've no need to use AAM when you're in DCS because as soon as you jump into a slot, you get all 10 radios. Mm. All right, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you for clarifying. It's all right. Speaking and of... EAM has also been used by other people. So other, uh, I know people at Star Citizen use SRS um, and they use EAM mode for it because it's just a VoIP tool then. It doesn't actually make a difference. Mm -hmm. And the IL-2 SRS started being used by a... a uh, server oh. run by called Combat Box, and uh, after seeing that and talking to uh, Jason and the IL2 team, um, that was enough to convince them to add some functionality in to allow SRS to work with IL2. So IL2 mm. also has SRS now. Oh, we didn't know that because one thing we don't do very realistic IL2 anyway. It's just a bit of fun for us. But if we do go realistic, I now know that we can get support from that. I think that's great. Yeah, the IL2 climate is perfectly simplified. I can't get mm. things like line of sight and distance and all that kind of stuff, but you absolutely should fly on the, the combat box server because mm -hmm. they have built a whole um, automated callouts. So again, as I mentioned, there's a way now to inject external audio into SRS and it supports both text-to-speech. So you say some words, it will read them out for you and MP3s. And one of the admins there has built an entire set of scripts behind his mission where now it says enemies in sector three or that was a great landing or go see the crew chief because you just bent your propeller when you land all of that kind of stuff comes out and it all comes through the radios so when you log on to their server it's much more immersive that you can hear all sorts going on 
the AI doing callouts if they get attacked. They'll say, I'm going for a bombing run. I can see some Germans, all that kind of stuff. Mm. Okay, very good. Right, uh, any anything else, Bob, you can think of? I've, I've got another one. Send. Um, I know we talked about this in our previous discussion, but for the benefit of the, the viewers, um, one of the questions that I had when uh, ED announced that they were doing their own voice system is, why didn't they just get SRS and integrate right. it? Can, can you talk about that a bit? Uh, I think I think a bit. I mean, I've, I've, I've signed NDAs with them, so I can't talk very much, but I, I, have, I had, did have conversations with ED a, a long, long time ago now, right when SRS was first released. Um, about making it a paid add-on, uh, and at the time, because it was a, in effect a tech demo, and I didn't really know how it was going to go, I, I didn't do that. So SRS could have been a paid add-on, just like Lot ATC is, mm-hmm. but at the time I declined, um, and I haven't really had any chats subsequent to that with them. But I, I, I don't see it as a bad thing at all. I mean, my my way of going about it means that uh, I get as much freedom as I like. I'm not tied mm, by the realism of the game. I can build it however I want to build it. Uh, and I can also be more agile and customize it to how I want and cut corners if I need to or, or not. Whereas if you're building something in the game, there's going to have to be a whole process behind it. Um, and it, uh, I know ED know about the tool. I know ED have looked at it. Um, so I hope they'll take some of the ideas, at least from SRS, and add mm. it to their tool. But But ultimately... They're building uh, Mac now, so that needs mm. to have VoIP in it because that's going to be, uh, as far as I know, kind of uh, not uh, like one step up from War Thunder, one step down from DCS. It's mm. going to be that kind of intermediate ground where it's relatively well modeled from a flight dynamics and uh, systems modeling point of view, but also simplified mm. in that you don't have to worry about how the systems work. And it will need comms. So it perfectly it makes absolute sense for them to do it. And uh, I, I think there's room for two because mm-hmm. just like there is an armor, you have the inbuilt mm-hmm. armor VoIP mm-hmm. and that works okay. You also have Acre, which mm-hmm. is the fully realistic radio modeling. Mm-hmm. And again, you can do all kinds of stuff with it because it's a mod that you can't do if it's part mm-hmm. of the core game. That's very well said. That is very well said, isn't it? Because you could have been bitter about yeah. that and said, rah, 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 but no, that's... Yeah, very down to earth. Oh no, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's an open source project. If they want the code, they can have it. But it'd be mm. it'd be pretty odd because it's written in C sharp, so it'd be a nightmare for them to to mm. get it all integrated into the uh, into the game. Mm-hmm. And the what they've actually done, which didn't exist when I first started SRS, is they've taken the open source um, Web RTC client. So if any of you, in fact, right now we're using it. Discord we use Web RTC. Um, which is real-time chat. So that's the proliferation of all these voice chat systems mm-hmm. that are popped up on the web. It's all using WebRTC, which is a, an open source project mm-hmm. that Chrome have a version of. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, people are sending messages on Discord. Uh, yeah, and that's what they've used. So they're basically starting from a completely working VoIP system, which is much more sensible than my approach, which was build a complete VoIP system from scratch then figure out how to inter- integrate it to a game, then figure out how to make people use it, which is uh, the long and difficult road. Okay, we've, we've covered a lot. Anything else before we turn off, guys? Just on a related note, just a quick plug for the Patreon. Oh, I was just going to say that, guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I was going to wrap up like that. So, um, 
So Bob, um, I mean, it's great to see that A, he's he's one of the genuine kind of heroes of the community. He does this. He doesn't really ask for anything back, you know, like, you know, not. And um, uh, but please do support him because we can't take people for granted. So I will link any links that he wants, in, and I'll put his Patreon as well. Uh, please go and support that. We use it all the time, and I guess that's uh, Patreon. I need to shut up for as well by the sounds of things. Um, so there's that. Uh, anything you want to say? I mean, to the people bob uh well i'm glad, glad you enjoyed srs i mean as i say it was just a bit of fun and a way to make uh, the blue flag server better so i'm glad you all like it and just for just for your interest um there is roughly forty thousand unique users of srs every month uh, just to give you an idea of the hidden size of dcs multiplayer and bizarrely has a lot of use in china um so it's heavily <laughs> used in china and russia Wow. There you go. So I came from England. Yeah, great, Bob. Uh, really clever guy, but nice guy as well. And that's really important for me anyway, because I really like nice people from Bob. Uh, great. Um, so there's that. We want to get, I, if you can put a good word for us, that would be great. Dart, we'd love to have him on to talk a bit more about the the lot ATC side of stuff. Uh, probably, I guess you had nothing to do with the TACView side of things? No, no, I never, never worked with TACView, and um, I forgot the guy's name now. TACView. Uh, the only thing... Uh, I can't remember. Is it tech? Yeah, I can't remember. On to you now. I'd love to. We'd love to do the same thing. It's just all we want to do is just bring you to as many people as we can. That's that's what we do here. Right. Um. I hope you enjoyed it, everyone. Bob, thanks for your time. I know you're a busy guy. Um. And that's great. I will see. You. Otherwise, I'll see you later, Bob. Brilliant. Thanks all. Cheers, guys. Bye.